They were the heroes from the future. Teenagers protecting the universe from those that would sow the seeds of chaos. Each had unique powers and abilities. And though they often had their differences, they came together to save the day as the Legion of Superheroes. Now you can be a part of their adventures and learn the history of the future in the Legion Clubhouse. This week on the Legion Clubhouse, we are doing something a little different. We're taking a look at the first five issues of the Legion of Superheroes, the new series, DC Comics. So we're in a bit of a lull this week, Matthew, and I thought that we should take just a little bit. We don't have to do a whole lot of time on this, but I thought we'd take a little bit of time and look at the first five issues of the Legion of Superheroes. Just kind of talk about it in general, what we liked, what we didn't like. We already talked about Legion of Superheroes number one several, several months ago, but now we're five months later. Well, maybe a little bit more than five months later, and uh, we're looking at uh, the first five issues. Now, at the time of this recording... In April of 2020, DC Comics has currently uh, suspended releasing new comics until further notice due to the coronavirus uh, uh, pandemic that is going on. One of the they have told one third of their uh, creators to put their pins down and stop working, but they are also using this time to get a bunch of series caught up uh, to make right. sure that there is enough stories ready to go when they start back up without missing a month or two going forward. And one of those titles is Legion of Superheroes, which I wasn't aware that it was running behind. Yes, uh, issue four and issue five were delayed. Okay, well, this is now we have a chance for Brian Michael Bendis and probably uh, whoever's doing the art. I thought it was uh, Ryan Sook doing the the main art, but I see Wade Von Grawbadger working on some of these as well. I think Wade is the anchor. Ah, okay. Or one of the anchors. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I'm pretty Ryan, sure this I is all is Ryan. The primary artist, but there's already been some fill-in work or some uh, assists mm-hmm. on the art. Mm-hmm. So we've already kind of co- covered, you know, how the Legion of Superheroes was formed. We've talked mm-hmm. previously either on the Dueling Review podcast or right here on the Legion Clubhouse podcast about Legion of Superheroes Millennium mm-hmm. and uh, how that was supposed to give us some filler space of what happened over the last thousand years between current DC timeline and the timeline of the Legion of Superheroes and how Superboy uh, created the Legion by just uttering the words, we should have a Legion of of planets. And uh, suddenly the kids from the future said, yes, and Superboy, you need to come back to the future with us. Something's wrong with your kids, Marty. So what do you think of the series so far? Uh, issue one was kind of that introduction. Issue yep. two had this big fight to, to get kind Aquaman's of that trident. More introduction. Yeah, they're issue all trying three to was, was, was more Robin. introduction. Yeah. yeah I was, there's a lot of side trips. And I get, you know, I get that Bendis has a style. Mm-hmm. But I feel like five issues in, we're barely getting to the promised origin and you know the stuff that we were that was part of the solicitation of issue one and i feel like there's a lot of interesting stuff that has happened there are some really fun moments and also robin shows up yeah but that's, I also that's when i kind of like, checked out of that issue i was just like i have zero desire to have robin 
taint right. my Legion of Superheroes. I feel like we still don't know anything about any of the Legionnaires, even the core Legionnaires, you know, people who've been on panel over and over and over, like Ultra yeah. Boy, like Cosmic Boy, like Saturn Girl. We don't know anything about. And I, I'm annoyed, and this is entirely me, but I'm annoyed by the fact that in issue five, when we learn the origin of the Legion, mm -hmm. Saturn Girl and Cosmic Boy and Lightning Lad are all like, we should form a Legion. Hey, Sergeant Block, you want to join? Yes. And Block's like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> That's annoying to me. I don't that know. I really... thought that that was kind of cute. I thought that moment was kind of cute. That's the thing, though. It, 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 in my mind, thus far, there is a hierarchy of Legionnaires that we take seriously and Legionnaires that are definitely going to be nothing but, you know, laughable moments. I like the fact that Block is present for the origin of the Legion. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that they've added someone to that core trio. But the way that this is done, I don't know. It makes it feel like this character doesn't matter. Adding somebody to the Legion's origin could have been a really, really big game changer moment. A, hey, this is our new continuity. This is what we're going to do. But instead, it's this is the same continuity, and we're pointing out the things that are different. Yeah. R.J. Brand is still in play, but instead of being Chameleon's father, it's Chameleon's mother. Right. Now, you, you know? had said something, oh, man, it was probably, oh, it's earlier this week on the Major Spoilers podcast pre-show, I believe. Pre you were talking podcast. about how you had seen the JN, you finally had seen the JN Silent Bob reboot movie. Reboot. And yep. they spend a long time, there's a whole bit with uh, Brody? No, I forget what his name is. Yeah, Brody. Brody. Yeah, there's a whole bit with uh, Brody. With Brody. Bruce, he runs the, the uh, stash in, yeah, in the universe. the secret stash, yes. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole bit about what's the difference between a reboot, a remix, a relaunch, and just a remake. A remake. Yep. And this feels like... This feels like a, a reboot in the sense that, that Kevin Smith is trying to explain it through his View Askew universe. In that they're taking everything that is familiar. Yes, the Chameleon Boy and R.J. Brand and R.J. Brand is also, you know, they're related. That is a key part of Legion lore. The fact that it's, uh, you know, Lightning Lad and Cosmic Boy and Saturn Girl are the founders or at least saved R.J. Brand and gave her the idea to uh, to create this legion of superheroes outside the purview of the United Planets. The fact that we do have all of these characters that we've seen before. Uh, from previous iterations of the Legion are all great because people have something going, oh, okay, there's some familiar familiarity with what we know about the Legion. So we can get on board with this. Kind of like what they talk about in Jay and Silent Bob. They got us to pay uh, more money for the same story, but then at the same time, they just kind of feels like in this, they do toss a lot of this to the wind, just trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, I mean, the Aquaman's trident thing is touched on in issue one, central to issue two, and really isn't part of three and four, and is barely coming back around to be important in five. You know, the same is true if you look at the featured Legionnaire. Uh, at the beginning of, I think, issue three, we get Dawnstar, mm -hmm. and we get some backstory about Dawnstar. And if you actually uh, read or can translate Interlac, there's more information about Dawnstar that's in there. Oh yeah, what did it say? And then say? in issue, yeah, issue four, you get a little bit of triplicate girl, but it's mm -hmm. one of those things where 
there are like 65 members of this team. <laughs> we cannot wait 65 issues for everybody to have a speaking line. And I'm just oh, so I, here's I, the here's the thing. Yes, and, and I'm not gonna I I'm, I'm gonna sound like a Brian Michael Bendis apologist here, but, but I'm not oh, really. I, what I'm trying to to do is to put into context what I think he might be thinking or the way that he is trying to go. Okay. The stories do jump around a lot. Like every issue, everyone is saying, Superboy, did you watch your recruitment video? Superboy, did you watch your recruitment video? And he's like, no, I've been too busy looking at the, uh, the, the Nine Planets ice cream shop or uh, too busy traveling through time to bring my friend Robin here to the future. And, oh, uh, suddenly, um, you know, uh, uh, Ultra Boy is having problems with uh, his dad over on Rimbor. Uh, You know, all these things. I think what Bendis is trying to do in this book is show how busy and hate how chaotic the universe is so much so that these kids are so freaking busy that they don't have time to sit around and have lunch or have a normal conversation with each other because everything is happening so fast. There's so much happening going on in this book that they don't even know how to how to take a, a a moment and gather their thoughts. And so I'm right. wondering if that's what's going on. And that is the reason why in the first issue and, and back in um, the, the Superman comic where all of a sudden you have 90 heroes show up, including new Dr. Fates uh, showing up. And you're like, why, why are there so many, why are there so many Legion members here? And I think it has to do with, they are there. He's trying to show in this first arc that they are so busy that everything is in such chaos that they need this many people and everything is so scattered that people are off on a million different missions at the same time that we're getting this very fractured story. At the same time, at the end of issue five, when, you know, our three founders decide that, hey, let's go find the smartest person in the in the universe to right. figure out if this is what we should be doing. They go to Brainiac and he's like, uh, yes, by the way, I have uh, just discovered that I am the 12th level intellect, which is the highest of my species. And uh, by the way, when you become a 12th level intellect, you get to see the entire universe unfolding before you. And if we don't do something right now, this universe is going to fall apart, which then ties back into this whole idea of the universe is in chaos because of something that Brainiac has discovered with his 12th level intellect. Right. I feel like the biggest disappointment for me uh, comes in two elements of the visuals. Mm -hmm. Ryan Sook does really, really great intricate designs, but there's something almost bloodless about the the layout. Everybody just kind of, they're posing in a way that looks awesome, but also doesn't look fluid. It doesn't look like they're moving. It's like, we've all stopped to pose. And the yeah. second thing that's very frustrating is in issue one, they introduce us to the Fritchman tag, which takes the little uh, word balloon over the shoulder things that say mm -hmm. Superboy, Planet Earth, Ability, mm -hmm. all the abilities. Mm -hmm. um, those things that have been in Legion comics now for 15, 20 years and makes them part diegetic, for lack of a better word, to the story to where those should be there and they're not. So when we're seeing these characters, I'm like, who, who is that? Well, who is this monster boy? What is this going on? Those should be there because there's a whole sequence in issue two where we see half a dozen legionnaires who aren't identified. Mm 
And there are a lot of cues that you can take and say, this person has cutouts in the suit. Is that Phantom Girl? Right. This is clearly one of the triplicate girls. Mm-hmm. But who are these Gooblers? Five issues in, we still haven't seen Heidner Hare of the uh, much-vaunted new Gold Lantern character we were promised. Dr. Fate has had one line of dialogue and been on panel three times. Uh, we've had a little bit of, of you know here and there people, but... Really, it's been a big game of, hey, it's that guy. Bouncing Boy, hey, there's Bouncing Boy. I'm happy with that. Monel, there's Monel. I'm happy with that. But five issues in, I just wish we had more to go on. You know? Mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel like the, the, the plotting combined with the art being so slick and so stylized just makes it all feel like it's holding the reader at arm's reach. And I just... I want I want to be immersed in the Legion. I want a Dave Cockrum Legion where it's like, chill up, young friends. Ha ha. Look, we're all naked now. And I understand that that's not a modern sensibility, but you can get that same level of immersion without having, you know, to be retro or, you know, having to be whatever was modern and hip and and with it in 1974. I mean, so I can I can see where you're coming from in that. Um, but at the yeah. same time, in the books that we've been reviewing, it is, okay, let's take a moment and first we have three people and three people are going out on a mission. And now we have four people going out on a mission. And then we have a different three people going out on a mission. And, oh, these people just came back from a mission. And you really never get a sense that, you know, they are a team in the books that we're reading right now. But you also see that they're also very fractured in that we are only following one team and one story for the entire issue. Bendis is saying, yes, this team is fractured. They're all busy doing all things all the time, but I want to bring all those stories and overlap them so you can just see how busy and how important the Legion is. I think that's where I'm getting at. And and that's, I think, unfortunately, I think it does make this story, at least in the single issue reads right now, somewhat frustrating to read. Because yes, I would like a moment for... Someone to come up and say, hey, I'm Triplicate Girl, and I come from uh, the planet so-and-so, and here's my here's my power, and here's how it works, and here's how we work. Or, hello, I'm Bouncing Boy. I don't know what the, the difference is between soda and uh, a secret it. formula. And Stop it. I guarantee Do not you, use if... the stupid whale voice for Bouncing Boy. <laughs> bouncing Boy is not a whale. <laughs> Have you seen his bank? Has have you seen his bank account? The the Vegas uh, casinos would beg to differ. He's a friendly duck. Okay, (laughs) my question (laughs) is really going to be: What's our end game? Yeah, what's the end game? Is this this initial arc going to be? I'm I'm betting going to bet it's twelve issues because right at this point we're at issue five. Maybe it's going to be fifteen, but I'm going to bet twelve because DC is going to get kind of fed up here in in a little bit with with this. But I'm going to bet that we are about a third of the way through the story. Because now the now the big reveal has been thrown down. If we don't get Superboy to understand how important the Legion is, if he doesn't treat all of this stuff that he's seeing as serious, when he goes yeah. back to his time, all of this is going to fall apart and our reality is going to end. And I should point out that in issue five, Brainiac does talk about the multiverse in coded phrases about all realities and all the different versions will all collapse um, so I really think that we're now into that third point where, okay, now the big reveal has happened. Now Superboy's 
has been made aware of the biggest hurdle, and that's him. He is going to be the biggest hurdle to keeping the Legion and this reality alive. And so now the next part will be all the hurdles that come along with that, figuring out why the uh, planet Earth has been destroyed, why these ancient artifacts are so important to, you know, everybody in the entire universe. And then the final arc, the final five issues will be, here's Superboy and the Legion finally coming together as a cohesive team where all these divergent storylines merge and we get a resolution that everybody is fist pumping in the air. See, I, I, I get it. I do. But I feel like in the year 2020, even with a property like the Legion, even with a company as high profile as DC, even with the built-in fan base that you get from Bendis, that you get from these characters, a 12-issue introductory arc is a big gamble. I don't know. I mean, they did it with Action a Comics with Grant Morrison. big gamble. They did that with the, the relaunch of Action Comics with Grant Morrison, and that was a 12... But I would argue not successfully. Oh. I mean, there was some great stuff in there, but that was not a 12-issue arc that held people for 12 issues. I, I, I mean, we'll have to disagree on that, because I found that entire arc just fascinating myself. Um, yes, I, I understand, and this, where you're coming from, in that there needs to be a, uh, this needs to be the end of a story right now. That, you know, six issues in, that better be the end of this arc and everything better be wrapped up nice and tidy. Some sort of resolution. We're still introducing initial plot points five issues in. Right. And that's why I think this is 12 or 15 issues by the time it all comes together. Yeah. That being said, I want to once again get on my soapbox like I do every Sunday down at the uh, Piccadilly Circus. And uh, tell everybody, hey, stop releasing the single issues. Go directly to the trade. Go to the OGN. Skip all of this other stuff. You're wasting your time. And uh, everybody passes by and says, ah, this guy, please give me my single issues because that is what we really want. We want disjointed stories that take months, sometimes years between issues to arrive. And I don't I, I don't understand that that thinking anymore, especially now. I don't understand that thinking. Eh, I think it's a fundamental shift and it's well, a huge it, shift. You're right. And I'm glad that you're you're recognizing that. Yeah. And this is the thing. When people talk about the way they uh, the way they enjoy, the way they expose themselves to the way they process comics, comics in America are predicated on 20 or 18 or 30 page monthly mm-hmm. pamphlet chapters. Mm-hmm. A change to that, to, you know, to a, a model that you see more in a manga or a model, you know, more like the streaming model of Netflix, where you get a chunk of episodes when they're ready. Right. right. That is a fundamental paradigm shift. That is a huge change for comics. Comics right now is based on the theory that, you're going to guess what's going to be hot three months from now. You're going to buy the right number of issues. And then when it gets here, the fans are actually going to come and buy it from you because you've had to buy it, usually non-returnable. So to get away from that, you're literally deconstructing everything about, you know, we talked about this on the Major Spoilers podcast recently. Everything about the distribution model would come apart at that point. And granted, that seems like it may be happening or at the beginnings of change may be happening and, you know, well needed change as far as I'm concerned, but it really does 
bother people when you say that because in a lot of ways that I'm going to go back to the store next month is part and parcel of the American comic experience. And yeah. if that goes away, it's going to be a different experience. Not necessarily better, not necessarily worse, well, but... Yeah, I, I see a lot of publishers uh, experimenting with this. I mean, certainly DC had a lot of success with the... What was it? Batman? Was it year one? No, what was the... What was the um, OGNs that they were releasing. They did a Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and a Green Lantern, where it was basically... Oh, the Earth Ones? Yeah, the Earth One stuff. Uh, that yeah. stuff did incredibly well. They were New York Times bestsellers. They were up on the shelves where people were seeing these things uh, for months at a time and buying them, and buying them in droves when it came out. This is not just, you know, comic book shops. This is bookstores carrying these things. And they did well enough. The next month... They didn't have a Batman or a Wonder Woman or a Green Lantern. It was the next year. And because of the hype of the first one, when the Superman and the uh, Batman books came out for their second uh, go, people were very excited about going and buying those books uh, because they had remembered the, the first run. And there are, you know, just regular prose books do the same thing where, you know, you might take a gamble. And this is what publishers need to get into their head. We may have to take a gamble and try uh, this new book from uh, from this uh, unknown creative types, or in the case of Brian Michael Bendis, who has some cachet in the comic book industry, uh, let us release an entire volume of stuff at once and see how people react. And if they buy the book in droves and come to find out that they don't like it, then so be it. We've got our money off this initial run. The creators have been paid, blah, 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 blah. If people really love it, then either in six months or a year, you've got another volume ready to, to go. And I know that is a very different way of thinking. It's also very interesting, too, because um, th there was a person from D.C. who basically said, hey, the, the digital comic reader and the physical comic reader are two very different audiences from, from their research, that the Venn diagrams barely cross over. And that people who generally read the digital comics are people who are younger uh, and the people who are going to comic book stores and buying the physical single issues are the older set. And what's one thing we know about old people, Matthew, is that we hate change. We don't like it. I don't like it. Um, but I don't know, hate change. I just hate how much of it there is. <laughs> Ninety nine pennies. I'd be fine with change if it would just slow down and be more you know, consistent. Yeah. Be like the, what I'd I'm be used fine to with change. If it was less changeable. Yeah. And so I don't know. I, you know, I, I see what's going on right now and I see digital comics just on this ready to burst open and just say, look, here we are people. We have stuff for you. And yet it's being bottled up. And I don't think you can bottle up digital comics for much longer. Likewise, I don't think you can bottle up going directly to trades and beyond the earth one stuff that DC is doing. I'm looking at what Boom Studios is doing. I'm looking at what IDW Publishing is doing. I'm looking at what Dynamite is doing. I'm looking at what's another smaller publisher that has done this. Oni Press, uh, Paper Cuts. Uh, there's so many small publishers that are just like, hey, you know what? Boom Studios has had a lot of success releasing these OGNs because when they release the OGN, instead of it going directly to the comic book shop, it goes to the bookstore and it becomes part of the... Um, whatever the scholastic book club is at, at the schools. I forget what that's called. Maybe it's called scholastic books. But when you get those into the hands of people, it's no wonder that uh, Hilo or Hilo, whatever the title of that book is, is a huge seller 
And you don't even find that in the comic book stores. And yet it's a comic book. It's no wonder that Captain Underpants and uh, Dave the Cop or Doug Dog Cop or whatever it is, why these are huge number one sellers and they come out once or twice uh, a year or once every other year or whatever that their schedule is. I think Hilo or Hilo. Man, oh. I think uh, I think he's been like a year and a half. Three since. times a year. Yeah. Has it been three times a year? So, you know, he's it's busy. Like issue six. Yeah, the, I think this was the final one or the, the biggest arc uh, conclusion. My youngest was super excited about this. But you get that into the school system. Those people are going to eat that stuff up. And you could take literally take something that's Legion of Superheroes that's aimed at YA audiences. Get that into the book system and just watch the sales come in. So I, I, you, you, I know mean, what it's going to take for that to happen. Well, it's going to take somebody at it's the top. It's going to take a massive social upheaval, like some sort of external factor that's going to futz up the existing system and force them to yeah. look for a different system. Yeah, but the problem, like say, a global pandemic, that's going to force them to look at a different system. Yeah, but the that's problem how is going to happen. But the problem is, unfortunately, right now. Their solution is, oh, my God, quick, hold on tighter to the system that we've got and hope that, that it survives. Last. So I, I know people, I don't know if I've gone off on this on the Legion Clubhouse podcast before, uh, but if this probably. is your first time hearing me talk about this, you're probably very angry or maybe you're agreeing with me. But this is something I have been talking about for years. I'm sure Matthew is tired of me talking about this every oh, single time. I'm sick of it. But you know what? It's not a bad point. And that's the thing. It's a very valid point, and I feel like it's an argument that does need to be repeatedly made that there is room for change. There is room to do something like, you know, a, a huge Legion of Superheroes original series, like mm -hmm. just an, a, mm -hmm. an OGN. Or uh, Kurt Busick is moving uh, Astro City to yes, that now. Yes, he's I doing have, that. They haven't come out with it yet. And, and but certainly. Once it comes out, it's going to be an arc. Oh, yeah. You're going to get it, you're going to buy it. Yeah. Oh, I cannot wait. To see how well that does, especially for the older readers. Right. But uh, DC certainly has DC kids. And over the last couple of months, I, I think they want to have like 12 books out right now. Um, no. Gotham High is the one that just came out this week, April uh, 8th of 2020. And my youngest, I got it for him and he's read it. He's enjoyed it. He also read um, the video game Ate My Homework, which is another DC YA book. And he really enjoyed that. That doesn't come out until May. Uh, but I gave him my review copy. Uh, so there is a market for these things to do it. Now, again, I'm not saying that Marvel or DC or any other publisher has to take their entire line of comics and instantly turn them into, well, Batman's only going to come out once a year now. Superman's only. No, I'm not saying that. What I think the best way to do this is if you've got a book like Legion of Superheroes, and believe me, the hype was built up on this for months before the first issue came out. Maybe that you maybe you release that as a trade. Maybe you build up all that hype and you sell the book for 25, 30 bucks. Get everybody to buy those issues, read that volume and see what the what the results are. If people don't like it, then hey, so what? You got a six issue or a 12 issue Legion of Superheroes run. Enjoy it. We did an experiment. It was an experiment that we can find out within three months whether it's successful or not. Or instead of waiting 12 uh, 12 months and saying, well, at the end of this 12th issue, we got to shut this thing down because nobody's reading this book now. Um, but other books like Superman, like Batman, like Detective Comics, like Wonder Woman. Yeah, go ahead and let those continue to be uh, a monthly title. You don't have to do all or nothing. You can mix it up and figure out which one is going to work best for you. 
And honestly, getting back to the whole point of this episode, Matthew, I think Legion of Superheroes right now, as we're at issue number five, would read better in a trade. Yeah, absolutely. So what does that mean? I don't know. Will Legion of Superheroes continue past issue Will six? Will it continue past issue six? I'm is bet, there more Legion in the future? I'm going to bet that if uh, if DC is keeping Sook and Bendis working on Legion, that it's at least a 12-issue run. I'm sure that there's something in a contract somewhere that says we want 12 issues to get this going. But, you know, I, I really think people are going to enjoy this more and maybe listeners, maybe you disagree. Maybe you are enjoying the heck out of this series right now. And you you can't wait for the next issue to arrive. Uh, but yeah. I think this one is a uh, this one is probably going to read better in a trade. Almost certainly because of the way Bendis writes, larger chunks are always more satisfying. I, I, I mean, will it's, ag- it's, I will agree with you on that. It's one of the things that happens. Same thing I feel with Neil Gaiman. There are a lot of characters or a lot of writers rather whose books are better in larger chunks. And that's just, you know, the way I prefer to read them. And I feel like the wait for Legion was so long that some of us are like, yep, this is Legion. We're going to take it. Whatever Legion you can get, that's fine. I mean, I, I, I feel that. I understand that. But there's also a question of five issues in, where are we? And the answer is, I honestly don't know, but I wish that <laughs> Superboy would watch the damn video. Well, he does. In issue five, he finally watches the video, and so we do he get the actual. Half of it. We get the actual. Well, issue six, well, he watches the second half. Uh, so oh. we we get the origin of the Legion of Superheroes. So you know, I am very interested in this world. I'm very interested in this Legion. I'm very interested in how these characters have changed and if these changes have been made for the better or not. And so far, you're right. We haven't gotten to know any of these characters very well. We kind of get a little inkling of what their personalities are, very much like we see with uh, with Chuck, that uh, he seems to be a very grounded person, a very logical person, someone who is able to uh, to right the boat uh, when things seem like it's really crazy. Uh, we get to see maybe a blossoming romance between Brainiac and Chameleon Boy. So there are those little single panel moments where you're like, oh, okay, this could be very, very interesting. But unfortunately, I can't wait six months for issue six to arrive. I can't wait. Have to. Well, I'm yeah, we may have to. I mean, August at the earliest is, is what uh, I think we're looking at for issue six. Uh, so at this point, I'm still very interested. I agree with you that it, it feels hard. It feels like I just want to get to the next bit. I will agree with you that Bendis writes for the long form. He writes for the trade. And I will admit that I fell in love with Ultimate Spider-Man because I was able to buy those omnibus editions of Ultimate Spider-Man and read 24 issues or however many were bundled in those omnibuy collections uh, in a single sitting and just going, oh my God, this was a great story. So... I don't know. Uh, That's where I'm going to leave it there. What do you think, dear listener? You can email us, and I know a number of you are emailing. I'm very surprised at the uh, number of emails that we're getting about this show. I got another one uh, today for an upcoming uh, episode that we're going to get really, really deep on. Uh, So I really appreciate everyone who is writing in. I'm very curious for those of you who are currently reading the new Legion of Superheroes series. Please contact us. You can either do it on Twitter, at Major Spoilers, or at Mighty King Cobra. 
tag us both, in fact, so that we know what the whole conversation is instead of getting a half conversation on that. You can send us an email at podcast at majorspoilers.com, or you can jump into our Discord server, and you can talk with other Legion Clubhouse fans about anything Legion that you want. So, that's where we're going to wrap it up this time, uh, and until the next installment of the Legion Clubhouse, I'm Comic Book Reading Boy. And I'm Anticip... Patient Lad. The Legion Clubhouse is a production of Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC, and is produced by Steven Schleicher. Your hosts were Matthew Peterson and Steven Schleicher. You can follow Matthew at Mighty King Cobra and Steven at Major Spoilers. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at Legion Clubhouse. If you have questions or comments, send them to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. I'm Jason Inman. Until next time, eat it, Grandpa. This podcast is copyright 2020 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.